0: It's Jeffrey Grossenbach, the Ruby on Rails podcast, November 2008. Last weekend was RubyConf in Florida. Always a good time. Even though this is the Ruby on Rails podcast, I thought it was appropriate to talk to Matt Amenetti of Merb, which was first released. It's 1.0 release last weekend. Also Blake Miserani of Sinatra and finally Josh Peake of the Rails core team. So, Jeffrey Grossenbach here at RubyConf 2008, talking to Matt Amanetti. Big drop today, Merb 1.0. I bet you're pretty excited about that.
1: Totally excited. I didn't sleep so much, but very excited. Now, it seems like Merb
0: has massively changed from the very first pasty that Ezra, Ezra posted uh, two years ago, a couple lines. Now it's a full framework, and you guys have done a lot of work. What kind of things have happened even in the last six months with Merb to get it to 1.0?
1: So there was a big change between 05 and 09. Uh, there was a major redesign. Um, what really happened in the last few months, that's that's major change, is that we tried to make Merb way easier for people to get started. We wanted to be able to offer a solution that is easy uh, if you want to just get started and learn how to use Merb. And then you, if you don't want, you can remove some of the components you want, or you can add more if you want to. You can also come up with your own stack and just decide what you want and package that.
0: Do you think Merb is competitive with some of these smaller frameworks, Camping and Sinatra, where you can have just a, a very small, single-file app, or is it better suited if you're really trying to do more of a full-featured app?
1: I think it's great for both. So when you generate an app, um, you can use the stack. Uh, the the default-generated app will generate a full-stack app, but you can use the Sinatra app, which is just like a one-file app for Merb. So if you do like Merb generates very flat, and then the name of your, the app, you will have one file app, and you're just going to get all the great stuff from Merb, like the router and all the, the, the nice things you get. And then you can build on top of that if you want to go from one file and now you want to add more stuff to it. You can also grow uh, organically, so you can like add more stuff. One of the big
0: initial benefits of Merb was being multi-threaded, handing file uploads uh while also being able to handle X requests, not locking up a monger process, things like that. Now Rails is going to have thread safety. Do you think the the distinction of Merb is being lost with that, or is Rails still missing out on some things that that Merb can do because of having thread safety built in from the start?
1: So it's hard to answer this question. I think thread safety was dealt in a different way in Rails and Merb. Um, when MERB was started, thread safety was already an issue, and we wanted to make sure it was working properly. And people like Ezra and Yehuda worked on that. So, since the beginning, we knew we wanted to deal with thread safety, or well, Rails kind of added that on top of it, and stuff like Action Pack will have to deal with it. And it's, it's a different concept. You, you don't have to use thread safety with Rails, with MERB, everything comes free. Um, I think the distinction is somewhere else. Um, Rails is great. Um, and if Rails fits your needs, you should keep on using Rails. We're not telling people just switch to MERB. MERB is awesome in a different way. Um, MERB is flexible. So if you need more stuff or if you need less stuff, um, MERB will really fit your needs. It's also a clean rewrite. So we, we basically learn a lot from Rails. And we avoided making some of the mistakes and we have like a clean slate. So, You get a different type of code. It's also easier to go through the code. If you want to write plugins, we have a nice API. So we have a public API and a private API. If you want to write extensions for the framework, we have slices. So you can display content and reuse the code. So you get a lot of stuff for free that you might not have with Rails. It's a lot of work to get a 1.0 out,
0: but also just the uh idea of okay when do we know it's it's time to release a 1.0 you've already said well as with any project it continues to be updated and, and maintained and and even though Merb with the public and private apis you really want to keep backwards compatibility throughout what kind of things are uh how how did you decide okay we just need to do it 1.0 and what's what's coming up
1: Well, the goal was 1.0 for a very long time. For us, 1.0 had to have a public API and a private API, and we needed to be able to lock it in a way that we'll be able to run the specs against this API until 2.0. And for that, we needed to have proper specs, and that's why we had to rewrite a lot of the specs to avoid all the mocking and stubbing we were doing before. Uh, We also wanted to make sure that 1.0 was easy enough for people to get started because that was one of the main concerns with the previous version of of Merb. Um, it was hard to get started. If you knew how everything was working, it was fine, but otherwise it was a bit challenging. So one auto had to be a flexible uh, release that had a, a stable API, and it was easy to use.
0: This is Dan Benjamin. You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Jeffrey Grossenbach at RubyConf with Blake Miserani Author of the Sinatra micro framework, also works for Heroku. So, what's Sinatra? It's a uh, it's a small micro framework for creating REST services. And the syntax looks a lot similar, maybe to what Camping was, uh, to where you are really
2: matching URLs to actions. Right, right. You map your URL to a proc. So, yeah, there is no there is no um, idea of a router. Like everything is is a route. And what kind of th- applications do you think people sh- uh, have been writing, or w- what's
0: a great kind of application that you would say, "Hey, this would be best if you use Sinatra to write it"?
2: Um, I think uh, I think GitHub Services is a really classic example of of what I really intend Sinatra to be used for. Is something really small, um, and uh, it's 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 a back end service. It doesn't have a user facing UI, um, but it's it's meant to do you know things in the background and you know and and, uh, and be able to take a high amount of traffic. Um, so, and that's 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 a I think that's a really good example.
0: Now, speed was a, a priority for you. Do you have tests or benchmarks that you run regularly to say, okay, here, here's my goal, or you just
2: <laughs> no, want to keep it small I, and uh, whatever wanna, it does? I just want to keep it small. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not too too much into the benchmarking. I like to, you know, I like to test it out whenever I'm adding new stuff, you know, to the routing, but um, uh, just try to keep keep the same numbers I've been getting. I don't want it to really drop from that too too much. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I never really intended for it to be fast. It's just, it just became fast because it's so small. Um, so uh, it's, you know, it's, it's where I like it.
0: Now, it seems like it was a big thing for many shared hosts to support Rack through Passenger mm-hmm. so that you can easily run mm-hmm. a bunch of little Sinatra mm-hmm. apps. Do you think has interest in Sinatra... Increased since Passenger became
2: available and, and installed on different shared hosts or little places where people can just th- throw up a little app. I mean those those are, those are those metrics I'm I'm not really tracking, but there is there is constant um, uh, help and threads going on in IRC and on the uh, Google group um, about Passenger and, and Sinatra and using Sinatra with Passenger. So uh, it's um, I mean uh, there's yeah there's there's quite a few people using it. There's uh, some good some good help out there for it. Maybe unexpected, but
0: I know David Goodlad said he was actually using Sinatra, running Ruby on a little Linux microkernel on a little piece of embedded hardware. I thought that was pretty interesting. He's measuring temperatures from some boiler or something like that, and he was using Sinatra to drive that API.
2: Oh, wow. No, I, I hadn't heard about this. No, you'll have to introduce me to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll have to talk to yeah. Well, good stuff. Thanks, Blake. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, man.
0: <laughs> this is Jesse Newland. You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. So, it's Jeffrey Grossenbach, RubyConf 2008, driving away back to the airport. Speaking a little bit with Josh Peak. Tried to hunt him down, but uh, a lot of even with just a couple hundred people, it's hard to see everybody. So, what do you think? First, your first time at a RubyConf, right?
3: Yeah, it was really great. Um, a lot of talks were. A lot better than I thought than RailsConf. Much smaller, so you get to definitely meet more people, I think. It's great. And you get a variety of obscure topics, embedded Mm -hmm. hardware.
0: There are even, what, Ruby Kata talking about using martial arts concepts to (laughs) affect your code and things like that. Yeah, that's
3: pretty crazy. I don't think the most obscure one I went to was the, I think, was that Uh, uh, psychology in Ruby or whatever.
0: Earth, yeah, philosophy, Philosophy Aristotle.
3: and Ruby, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. I gave a similar talk at Ruby Fringe in
0: Toronto. No one asked any asked any questions afterwards. Here, that was like half the talk was a discussion of philosophy afterwards. <laughs> they had to cut it off early. That's very funny. So, I don't know, a lot of people know about you. You have quickly but uh, kind of silently risen to prominence in the Rails community, <laughs> submitted a lot of... Code won a couple of the uh, monthly patch competitions a year ago or something,
3: and but you're still you're just starting college. You're you're what nineteen twenty? I'm nineteen right now, and I'm a second year in uh, college, so that's sophomore. Um, And I'm on the core team, I guess. Uh, I was officially inducted a few months ago, I guess, but I've had commit access for about like a half a year now, so. So when you started hacking around with Rails, you probably couldn't even drive. Uh, I suppose.
0: <laughs> but one of the things you've recently done that a lot of people are excited about was making Rails thread-safe. That's a quite a lot of code to go over and try to implement that. How did you even start uh, going
3: about that? Well, look, thankfully, uh, Kaz, who was my mentor, he helped me compile like a huge list of things we needed to review and things we need to double-check for synchronization and stuff like that so it was big project uh we we, we started a little head on that big list so we had a head start before the actual project started so i think oh no i think we spent like maybe four months on it total so but it was uh on and off it wasn't a full-time thing so
0: now some other young guys that also took on a, a big project were uh hung lee and Nin yeah. of fusion yeah. who said that the first Apache module they ever wrote was ModRails, uh-huh. and now that's a huge hit worldwide. Have you done other kind of thread safety stuff, or were you cutting your teeth on it?
3: Um, no, that, this is my first. and I barely understood what a mutex was before I even started this, so I definitely learned a lot about thread safety. I, I kind of didn't want to do the project first, but I got kind of suckered into it I like the last minute. And I registered the last day, and that was like one of the ideas that came up. So I was like, oh well, we'll we'll do that. We'll see how that goes. So
0: now that can be really nasty tracking down thread related bugs. Did you have to do special things in order to test that or was it mostly just putting it out to the community for people to try it on their own apps and and find the,
3: whatever bugs were left? We didn't do we didn't do too much um like aggressive testing where we would actually test it with uh you know, like Apache benchmark and throw a bunch of. It was mainly just looking through the source code and I kind of had to understand like what the problems were with thread safety and what what variables had these synchronized in. There's also and we really wanted to run on JRUI. That was the big thing and JRUI doesn't have um, doesn't have the interpreter lock like uh, 1.9. So even like little tiny. Operations that you would think would be thread safe, you still have to synchronize. Like even if you have like a ca- like a hash, and you're um, like you're using like a hash as a- just a big cache or whatever, you still have to synchronize that in Java because they don't lock that. But in 1.9, it would probably work because uh, the interpreter lock for the native classes. So,
0: and that's where people are really going to be able to take advantage of it because mm-hmm. Java has more serious threads that can make it make use of that
3: yeah i probably wouldn't i wouldn't uh think would i wouldn't consider it being worth uh you know trying to convert your app over to anything else unless you're deciding to run on jruby it's probably not worth it all the hassle to run on one nine there's probably some performance benefits i'm not entirely sure at all but we saw some i mean we just did some initial hello world benchmarks but i mean they don't really mean anything at this point so i'm really curious to see you know someone put out like a real a real jruby threaded app with all and you know get some real you know benchmarks of what you know performance so
0: when i think of threads i think of asynchronous jobs we got all these Q plugins background job delayed Mm -hmm. job beanstalk starling all these things do you think there's any room for someone to write a plugin that would take advantage now of the thread capability to write kind of a lightweight Background queue, or should that always just be something separate? If people need to do that,
3: oh, definitely. I think uh, I think Merb does have the deferred tax. The, um, I love that, and um, I kind of want to see that in Rails. So, I mean, that's the reason we have out the plugins because through I mean Rails wasn't thread safe, so you can we couldn't technically. Uh, you know, spawn a thread in the background and run those processes. So that's definitely would be cool if someone made a plugin that fit nicely. and Then we played around with it. And, you know, something. I think something worth including in core. Now you've had a lot, quite an advantage, being able to get mentored by
0: Cause, respected developer. You're doing some work for, I believe for uh, 37 mm-hmm. Signals. Hopefully that's not secret. No. Um, <laughs> what would you? You know, you've obviously taught yourself quite a bit to get to this point for people of any age who want to really get into rails or just really understanding ruby what kind of things do you do you look back and say hey here are things that i really did to to spend time programming or learn specific concepts do you have any advice
3: um well i pretty much made the jump from i was never really interested in programming probably maybe four years ago i was doing you know HTML, CSS stuff, and then I kind of dabbled in the PHP. Just uh, I didn't didn't I didn't know how to program. I just kind of copied snippets around. And like Rails is the first Rails, you know, you know, sort of was a buzz around that time. So I kind of picked it up from there. And then figured that I probably should learn how to program. Makes sense. I should learn Ruby. So after that, I got the which book that I think I got the Pickaxe book, but I really like the Chris Pines. Uh, learn it's, the Program? Yes. It's like a really short book, but it's really great if you've never learned how to program before. It's really great. Oh,
0: cool. I'll go write, uh, read that, and then I'll be able to write thread <laughs> safety, mutex available, Selma 4, tossing around yeah. type of applications. Peep Code is having a sale this month. Get 20 bucks off the unlimited plan. It gives you access to all Peep Code content for a year or one free credit with a five-pack. New content on CouchDB, XMPP Jabber, Sphinx, Unobtrusive Prototype, and Merb.